Welcome to Solo 2.0, an empowerment podcast hosted by two sisters living in LA, making their way through the health and wellness world. I'm Ryan Birch. And I'm Jess Sukan. Each week, we're committed to bringing you conversations with risk-taking, resilient guests from diverse backgrounds, interviews with experts on controversial or misunderstood topics that will expand your perspective, and lively roundtable discussions with our mom, hormone health educator, Candace Birch. We're driven to provide the support and motivation needed to ignite growth, confidence, and purpose so you can step into that 2.0 version of you. We can't wait to dig into these conversations and hope you'll join us every week for a new episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Solo 2.0 Podcast. I'm Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Plus by Jess. And I'm Ryan, co-founder of Your Hormone Balance. So welcome back to the Solo Podcast. We have been out for a while. As we shared in our last episode, we have taken a long break for various reasons, namely work taking control of our lives. And this, of course, being a passion project and um, you know, just needing to kind of focus on, like I said, work and also some personal issues, some health issues that have cropped up. Jess has been sharing a little bit about it on Instagram and we shared in our last episode as well, but she started having some terrible headaches, which were very mysterious. And we can share now the good news that she's on the mend. We found out a couple root causes for those headaches uh, that were outside of what she's ever dealt with before. And that was a wisdom tooth that needed to come out. And also she just tested her hormones and saw that there was a slight imbalance there that needed to be addressed that should also help her headaches too. So we're super happy. She's feeling so much better. I'm feeling better and focused and we are filled with ideas for upcoming solo episodes. We have some episodes that we haven't put out uh, from before our break. So lots to come and we're going to get back into a regular cadence here um, starting this month. But also we are recording this episode and sharing it on Your Hormone Balance on Instagram as an IGTV video because this week we've been talking all about sugar cravings and we wanted to not only cover this topic on our podcast, but also go deep on Instagram for several people that have been asking for, you know, really more details about how to approach their cravings and what they can do about it and understanding the hormonal connection. So that's what we're doing today. We're not only doing this podcast, um, but we're also filming this for an IGTV. So if ever you want to pop over to our Instagram and watch it there, um, that's a great place to go as well, as well as just checking out all the content and education we share daily in the realm of hormone health. But before we get into this episode, I also just wanted to share something we've shared a little bit about. Jess has recently launched a line of these amazing detoxifying and energizing latte blends. And I haven't actually been able to catch up with her, you, (laughs) Jess, about this because she and I have been working so much. Um, We're getting together tomorrow and we're going to catch up in full, but I thought it would be a great at the start of this episode to just honestly ask you, as I'm finding out in real time, how the launch of your newest flavor, the pumpkin spice latte is going and uh, just kind of fill us in on those because it's very relevant to today's conversation around sugar cravings. Yeah, definitely. So 
It has been really wonderful to see the response. I kind of knew when I launched these latte blends, I've shared a little in the past, like this was not something that I planned on doing. I never had like a vision of being a latte blend maker or anything like that. Um, it was kind of just serendipitous and that my local cafe that I go to called Makeout in Culver City, it's a plant-based cafe. They basically, we were just trying to figure out some way of collaborating because I'm literally always there. And especially during the pandemic, I was there every day because I needed to get out of the house and I would pick up their chai latte. And it was probably the only amazing tasting chai that I could find without all the sugar in LA. And so, you know, the manager suggested that I make my own proprietary blend and sell it to them and that they could then turn my blend into lattes that they served on their menu and then could also sell them in the retail section. And at first I was just like, no way, I don't have time for that. I'm already so busy, but my creative brain started moving a mile a minute. And I came up with all of these different combinations pretty much that same day, started doing some research and realized that they didn't exist and none of them. And so kind of turned into this little side project and it's the response has been really amazing because not only does it go hand in hand with what I do as a health coach and what we do with our family business, but it's this nice outlet that's just different from everything that I do in my day. And so I finally have a really good setup for it in this studio next door that we've rented and renovated and I have better supplies. And um, so it's been just really fun. And so I have the three sort of I actually started with two, a matcha and a cacao blend. Then I added the chai, which of course I had to do because I'm always ordering chai lattes. And then I just launched the pumpkin spice for fall, which again, I just had to do that because pumpkin spice is obviously the most popular drink at this time of year. And we all feel like basic bitches when we talk about pumpkin for two months, but no shame because it's so damn good. And actually Favorite. pumpkins are Oh, good for you. Pumpkins are filled with nutrients. And so once I started looking into that and kind of realizing that there are so many pumpkin spice lattes out there that are just chock full of sugar, I thought, okay, I definitely have to make a spin on one myself. That's decaf for people that don't drink coffee. Um, you know, a lot of hormone imbalances can be made worse, especially adrenal imbalances by too much caffeine coffee but too much of really any kind of caffeine can be tough on the adrenals if you have an imbalance there so this is my first blend that's a hundred percent decaf um and it's made with real organic pumpkin so i found probably the only vendor that sells it organic so it's just pure pumpkin powder with then pumpkin spice so all those spices like nutmeg and cardamom and cinnamon clove and then it's sweetened with Lakanto monk fruit, which makes it completely sugar-free, but non-GMO. And then Himalayan salt. And really, you just add it to your steamed milk. Um, you could add coffee in there if you want to make it more like that Starbucks coffee pumpkin spice latte. You could do whipped cream on top. Um, but when I launched it, it just, I mean, honestly, I was overwhelmed with the response and they've started to ship out this week and I'm getting some feedback and so far it's all been really good. So I feel very grateful. 
Well, I haven't been able to try it yet, but I've been hearing from my friends and people that have bought it. And I just know it's going to be as delicious as the other ones. And this is my favorite. I think this is something I get excited about. Confession, I'm basic and uh, as well. So I'm super, super excited to try it. And I wanted to just share for people that might be listening first week of October, which right now is just a tomorrow's the first day of October. So in a few days on October 4th, Monday, October 4th, we're going to be launching a big sale um, for on your hormonebalance.com on our two, two of our main test kit packages. And they're going to be, it's the only sale we've done this year. It's going to be the biggest sale we do this year on our testing and rebalancing guides. And the first 30 orders will get a sample of Jess's pumpkin spice latte blend. So it's called the basic bliss, by the way, the basic bliss PSL blend. And so that's just a super fun bonus for, uh, joining our sale, I guess. So sorry if you're listening to this after the sale week. Um, but you know, we have, are also constantly working on new products and even after the sale, we're going to be offering some deals here and there. So Don't worry if you miss it, but if you're listening and if you're following us on Instagram, definitely do not miss the sale next week. It's a great one. Yeah. It's such a good time. I think too, especially towards the end of the year, like as the holidays are starting up to really prioritize how you want to feel now, because I think the holidays, you know, obviously they can be stressful. There's this year, more and more people are going to be traveling. I think the airports are going to be crazy because we can actually travel this year, you know, meeting with family, all of the extra like desserts and pie and all the things that we look forward to that we should be able to enjoy. But those, you know, the stress, the extra sugars, the traveling, all of that can wreak a little bit of havoc on our hormones and our adrenals. And so getting tested and supporting yourself with you know, these rebalancing tools and nutrients is going to be really helpful and allow you to go into the new year feeling really empowered with the tools that you need to keep improving the way that, you know, you deserve to feel. Yeah. And I think a lot of the philosophy around what you coach clients or help clients with Jess is kind of not the zero to 60 or zero to 100 approach in life, or for example, an example of that around the holidays would be like, oh, well, there's Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I'm just going to be off the wagon the entire time. Right. Like learning about how to just make small but attainable changes every day and and really continue to be dialed into prioritizing your health uh, and every opportunity that you and take every opportunity you can to prioritize your health, um, you know, when things aren't too crazy. So a period of time, like right now, like you said, it's like summer's over. We've got a little bit of a calm before holidays, take this time, take advantage of this time to, you know, take steps to see what's going on with your body and um, start putting plans and action steps in place that can last and support you during the busiest, most stressful times. That really is the key to ongoing hormone balance that you learn how to manage your stress and you have the tools, as Jess said, to really be able to rebound during some more busy and stressful times. It's not that like you can't partake in things or you can't you know, splash out more on the holidays, but it's that the rest of your habits allow you, you to, you know, move on without being burnt out and, um, you know, completely out of whack after this period of time or after the holidays. 
Yeah, and I think that there's this kind of approach that we have within mainstream, you know, diet culture where it's like, oh, well, I don't want to start anything until after the year because I want to drink what I want to drink and eat what I want to eat and travel and not have to think about it. But that's not what's going on here with, you know, supporting your hormones. Like I said, it's not about a zero to 60. It's about, okay, here's what my hormones are doing. Here's where I need a little bit of TLC. These are these specific imbalances actually match up perfectly with the symptoms that I'm experiencing. So it makes sense that I'm having, you know, that I'm exhausted, that I'm having intense sugar cravings, that I'm putting on weight and can't lose it. It's like, oh, aha, okay, finally, I have some answers, which is why me getting my hormones tested and seeing that I have, you know, a little bit of imbalance there that I can work on actually correlates pretty specifically to some of the migraine headaches I've been experiencing. That's huge relief for me. So now, you know, I have this road roadmap and then we're, you know, we're not going to start you on some extreme diet or have you taking, you know, 20 new things in a day. It's really about, okay, what can I add in? It's more about what can you add in versus taking things away. Mm-hmm. It's about bringing in more abundance to your life that feels good and having these little supportive systems to rise point where like, oh, let me bring this like adaptogenic tincture with me in my travel bag so that when I'm traveling, when I feel stressed or I'm low energy, I can drop this into my mouth a few times, or let me have these like sexy swap ideas for like a really delicious recipe that I could bring to my Thanksgiving dinner. That's going to be just as good as what everyone else is enjoying, but maybe doesn't have as much sugar. Like what are these little things that I can do now? And then moving into the new year, it's not like a new year, new you, it's just an extension of these habits that you're already starting to work on and just layering on each week. And that's really where lasting change happens. So supporting yourself during the busiest time of year is going to be so much better than just saying that you're going to wait and start in the new year because your imbalances could worsen with all of this stress and and sugar Uh, and all of that. And that's what we're going to, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Sorry to cut you off. I, I didn't oh, no. um, but yeah, exactly. They'll absolutely the, I mean, not be your hormone balance will not be helped by, you know, endless sugar, intense stress, no movement, you know. Um, so certainly, yes, prioritize your health as soon as you can and make those small changes every day, which we will be going into detail about today, especially as they relate to changes that you can make as they relate to sugar cravings. So I did want to just briefly overview what we're going to be talking about today, and then we're going to get into it so that we can hopefully keep this uh, within an hour today. Of course, there's always more on these topics. So um, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please let us know. Or if there's something we didn't cover, we can always do a part two because we're pivoting to focus more on hormone health for our podcast more specifically. there'll there'll often be several episodes on the same topic. So just know this is a a big one. So we're going to do the best we can to move through, through these topics today. But we're going to be going over how exactly sugar addiction works in the body. We got a question from a gal on Instagram, Meg King. Why can I not seem to handle refined sugar in moderation? It seems that I have, if I have one cookie, I want a dozen. So that's something that Jess will touch on in a moment why it is that we just can't stop. Then secondly, what are the top 
hormone imbalances specifically correlated to sugar and carb cravings. And we're going to touch on some of the things you can do to get back in balance, which really is what our whole business, your hormone balance is about. Also, she's going to be touching on what happens during our period week or, uh, or sorry, PMS week that really triggers sugar cravings and how to curb your cravings without restriction. So that's going to include specific nutritional tips, some of Jess's favorite sexy swaps, as she calls them, swap outs for some of the foods you crave, and then some emotional or mental strategies for overcoming the real binge and restrict cycle that can happen when you um, give in to, understandably so, your cravings due to some of these hormone imbalances. So uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today, starting with how sugar addiction really happens. What's going on in the body to trigger this desire or need to have something sugary? Yeah. So first of all, you know, when I say like milk chocolate or, you know, if I talk about a caramel macchiato, or if I mention like a pumpkin chocolate muffin with chocolate chips on top, does that make your mouth water? Um, does that make you, you know, have visions of, of, you know, what that might taste like? Um, it's very normal when we start to think about those things that our mouth waters and we kind of salivate, we actually like really want that thing because sugar is incredibly addicting and it's hidden in everything. So, you know, you go in a grocery store, I've used this statistic before, but just because it's so eye-opening, you go in a grocery store, if you were to remove all the sugar on the shelves, all of the added sugar, you'd only be left with 20% of the grocery store. So pretty eye-opening, pretty alarming. Um, it's because it's hidden everything from tomato sauces to crackers to even frozen vegetables. Um, salad dressings, you know, it's not just the typical like candy bars that we think about. So just really important to note that. So even as a conscious consumer, we have to really be even more advocating for ourselves, learning to read labels, understanding the many aliases that sugar is under. Um, but, you know, starting knowing that anything ending in OSE, you can basically bet is sugar. So like dextrose, maltose, glucose, that's all sugar. Um, so that's a good kind of way to get started, fructose. But anyway, so sugar activates the sweet taste receptors, which sends a message to our brain and basically lights up the reward system of our brain, which is also the same system that's activated when we socialize, when we have sex, when we do drugs, when we drink alcohol. It's kind of like the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, like reward center. Um, think about it like that. And when we overactivate the reward system, then it leads to more cravings and the need for more sugar and more carbs. And just as a side note, carbohydrates also turn to sugar in the body. But when we're speaking about carbohydrates, we don't, we don't at all want to demonize them. We want to share the difference between carbohydrates. You know, it's not every carbohydrate is not the same. There are fast carbohydrates, there are slow burning carbohydrates, there's nutrient rich carbohydrates. A lot of times it's about the type of carbohydrate and, and what we pair it with as well. So we're not at all saying all carbs and sugar are bad, just as like there's natural forms of sugar that can be very good for you, you know, in fruit form. But in general, sugar um, and carbs in excess 
light up that reward system and cause dopamine, that feel good hormone to be released. Um, but not all foods give us a dopamine release. So they've done studies where like broccoli doesn't release any dopamine pretty much at all, which surprise, is probably why, surprise. you know, yeah, big surprise. Um, although yeah, maybe today now when broccoli is like covered in oil and crispy and fried, like that makes, I feel like that drops dopamine, that but that, that, yeah, that's not just the broccoli by itself. Um, but if you eat, let's say you eat like a balanced meal and it's got, you know, the protein, the carbs, the sugar, fats, you know, it's pretty balanced. Um, your dopamine receptors do spike, but let's say that you eat that same dish every single day, they'll spike less and less because it becomes pretty predictable. And the brain wants to spike pay special attention to newer, different tastes. And one of the reasons for that is because it's trying to help us get in a variety of nutrients. And if we eat the same thing day in and day out, we're not getting a variety of nutrients. Um, but if you eat a chocolate bar, for example, then dopamine will be released and then it will level off. Um, but if you, so if you eat that chocolate bar every once in a while, you know, no big deal, dopamine gets released, it levels off. But the more that you eat that chocolate bar, those dopamine receptors become a little bit more numb and because it, and it becomes more predictable. So basically your body needs more of that chocolate and different types. So different types of sugar. So instead of just the chocolate bar that once gave you that euphoric feeling, that euphoric high, no really longer, no longer really does it for you. So you're like, oh my God, I ate that chocolate bar. And like, I want now like chocolate covered pretzels. And then you're like in the pantry getting chocolate covered pretzels. And then, you know, you're grabbing like half a donut from the work, you know, that someone brought in at work uh, because those dopamine receptors need more and more of the sugar in order to give you that same high, which is how it can become so addicting. And to um, the question that we got on YHB about, you know, why is it that I, that I can't stop? Um, that could be one of the reasons, but there, there's other things that we can touch on as well, but it's kind of like we start chasing that high without even really realizing it. Yeah. The dopamine response and, you know, you want to keep that feeling of deliciousness and excitement, um, yeah. and happiness going. But then of course, what happens at the end of that is not always pretty. And it feels like a a gut punch when you realize how how much you've just eaten and how sick you feel. Um, yeah. so it comes on quickly. But you know, that's why we're here today to say so many people blame themselves. Like, oh, I don't have the willpower to just fight it. Why am I just out of control? Well, you know, you're hardwired in many instances to be addicted to sugar. Um, beyond the examples that Jess gave, um, you know, specific hormone imbalances also triggered by insulin resistance uh, can, can make it so that it's near impossible for you to not be craving sugar um, and carbs as well. So let's go into those specific imbalances. I think cortisol imbalance is, I mean, high androgens and PCOS is very common as well, but cortisol imbalance is something that's almost universally experienced at one point or the other for most everyone, if you've experienced any level of stress or chronic persistent stress in your life, um, 
most people will experience cortisol imbalance. So Jess, can you explain how that is related to sugar uh, cravings and yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have a lot of sugar cravings to begin with, that could also be a sign of an adrenal, adrenal imbalance. Um, so just, you know, take note of that. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for sugar cravings, but that can be one of them. But basically when we eat too many refined sugars and carbs, and I think the, the word refined is tossed around a lot and not really described enough, but basically think processed. So sugars that are, you know, quick, quick sugars, quick carbs, they're digested, you know, quickly. Um, they're not slow burners. So those refined sugars and carbs, that like white flour, you know, um, that can increase inflammation and also increase cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Um, so it increases cortisol production. So it's interesting because even if you're not stressed, too much sugar can increase your cortisol levels. And then when you increase your cortisol levels, you know, that jacks up your stress. And then when you're stressed, you crave more sugar because you want that dopamine hit. And so it becomes a little bit of this vicious cycle. So in, you know, in that way, my- we can look at sugar as a chronic stress on the body. Yeah, well. yeah, exactly. And when you're under chronic stress, your body uses up a lot of sugar because the brain needs glucose, which is that simple sugar to function. And since stress puts the brain into fight or flight mode, it needs more sugar to function. So that's kind of where the stress and adrenal connection comes into play. So it's kind of, it's interesting because yes, it's about healing our adrenals, which we'll go into things that you can do to kind of prioritize your adrenal health, but also it's about finding other replacement behaviors for stress um that do not involve you know sugary foods because it may feel like it's gonna be the solution in the moment when we're super stressed to like have that candy bar or that donut or whatever but once we're done with it the stress is still there and then on top of it we've potentially increased our stress even more by boosting our cortisol levels so that's where that cycle comes into play so it's about how do we figure out how to, you know, naturally curb those cravings so that we're not constantly feeling like we need sugar, but then also how do we create um, these moments of calm and give ourselves other tools to deal with the stress that are going to actually work long-term and not just in the moment. Yeah. And also to clarify as a reminder, our adrenal glands produce cortisol, which is referred to as the stress hormone. So that's why sometimes we interchangeably refer to them. You need your adrenal glands to be strong and working optimally to be producing the right amounts of cortisol to keep you going with energy throughout the day. We do need cortisol, um, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to be taxing your adrenal glands with so much stress or sugar. Again, sugar really is a stressor, um, you know, or lifestyle habits that that just are draining to your adrenal glands so that over time they're not able to produce enough cortisol for you to really function throughout the day. Uh, Or your cortisol is so high for a period of time that you're not sleeping, you're having the sugar cravings, you're overeating, um, you're feeling anxious. So that's also a bit of a vicious cycle. Either your cortisol levels are so high um, consistently. And then eventually when the adrenal glands can't handle that high amount of 
cortisol they have to constantly produce, they become burnt out. And now they're barely producing enough cortisol for you at all to get through the day. So that's kind of where that curve goes from high, high, high stress, high cortisol levels to burnout. And both are not great for you. And both yeah. can result in um, your appetite hormones being out of whack, your sleep-wake cycle being out of whack, which then leads into cravings. You know, when you're not sleeping well and your cortisol levels are imbalanced, um, you can be hungry at kind of all the wrong times. Like it doesn't really make sense, you know, why you're still hungry or because your sleep habits are also out of whack and then you're having those cravings. So it's all a cycle. Yeah. And that's actually like really quick and important note to make is that when you're not sleeping, that is a huge stressor on the body. So not sleeping not only jacks up cortisol levels, um, but it also causes us to release more of the hunger hormone ghrelin, which is the hormone that sends a signal to our brain that it's time to eat and that we're hungry. Ideally, in a perfect world, this other hunger hormone called leptin, the satiety hormone, would then send a signal saying, okay, you know what, we ate, we're good, we're satiated, let's stop eating. But what happens when we don't sleep enough is that it's just ghrelin, that hunger hormone. I always remember it because it sounds like stomach growling. So like ghrelin, when your stomach's growling, you're hungry. That hunger hormone that tells you to eat just keeps being released. So people that don't sleep well often are pretty ravenous all the time and have more intense sugar cravings, which it totally makes sense. Cause when you think about like long nights out where, or like nights where you pull an all nighter to finish a project or a work thing, or maybe you're drinking alcohol and you're staying up late night, like everybody wants the hangover brunch or everyone wants like a large amount of food the next day. Um, and our cravings are enhanced and that's because of lack of sleep. But then also when you add in the alcohol, that does a number to our adrenals too, but just important to note that we have these hunger hormones that are completely impacted as well when we don't get enough sleep. Yeah. And on that note, I just wanted to say, you know, I think a lot of people's reaction when they hear this kind of thing is like, well, but I can't sleep. So what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah, I can't sleep. So how, but then, you know, so just it's, it's, sleep. it's easy, right? <laughs> yeah. And I have, I've had sleep problems my whole life and our dad has had insomnia for much of our life. Um, so I understand, you know, but it's not that easy. I would just sleep, but yeah. this is all whether or not you have high cortisol levels or low cortisol levels, or maybe you're perfectly imbalanced. Um, at one time or another, you'll probably deal with some form of cortisol imbalance or symptom related to chronic stress in your life from any number of these factors we're talking about. Um, the point is you have to prioritize your adrenal health, prioritize supporting your adrenal glands so that they, so that they can produce optimal amounts of cortisol and help you get through periods of stress. And how do you do that? that's where you drill into the nutrition piece, the exercise piece, supplements and herbs that can potentially help your body fight stress like adaptogens. It's a, it's a full picture approach. You know, I think people want a quick fix or like, I'm going to take this pill to help me sleep. Now that prescription pill is also contributing to the toxins that are not supporting your adrenal glands or your hormones or your overall health. So um, we have to focus on the sort of holistic uh, strategies for supporting our adrenal glands and supporting cortisol balance. So actually, why don't I just share some of that real quick before we go into the PCOS high androgens connection to sugar cravings? Sure. And I don't want to go too deep in this because like we said, there's so much to cover today. This could be another episode. And in fact, Jess and I have a whole episode on this for Solo 2.0 um, 
if you find us at solo 2.0 podcast, we've done a cortisol balancing episode with our mom. We've touched on um, how to support your adrenal health before. So those are some great resources, but uh, as part of our business, if you test with us, we provide a very robust rebalancing guide with tons of tips for supporting your imbalances and, um, definitely lots of tips for supporting your cortisol levels. So I'm just going to share some of the top line things that might be included, um, in our guide and also just our general great tips for supporting your adrenal health. So reducing refined sugar and carbs, that is what we're talking about today, focusing on whole real foods and ideally choosing organic or sort of local, um, fruits, vegetables, and foods and, definitely hormone-free meats and wild-caught fish being dialed into the ingredients of the foods that you're buying, looking and turning over labels, as Jess said, looking for added sugar and products that are definitely not needed for that. A lot of bread, for example, has added sugar. That's what makes it so addicting, but bread does not need added sugar. So just really becoming a detective in that way. Um, Jess shared about her latte blends and her mixes that are zero sugar and delicious. And, um, that's another huge tip for you swapping out caffeine. It does a number on your cortisol levels. It does not support your sleep or your anxiety or your adrenal glands. So while some people can tolerate some caffeine, too much of it is just going to lead to a lot of these problems we're talking about. So looking for um, low to zero caffeine alternatives like Jess's blends or matcha, or she has a great matcha or four sigmatic mushroom, uh, elixirs, you know, starting to cut your caffeine consumption in half, um, replace it. You know, I used to have two cups of coffee a day. I still have a cup in the morning and I add Jess's blend, one of her blends. And then later in the day now I'll have, um, a tablespoon of her chai tea on some days where I need a little pick me up. And that is the perfect amount for me. So it's finding those swap outs, um, setting boundaries on your time and saying, no, you know, women, especially are notorious for just feeling like you have to be everywhere for everyone. And then you're resentful. And for what you can tell people today's not a good day, or I'm, you know, exhausted. Uh, let's reschedule. You're not winning an award by burning yourself out honestly, just see what you can change. If people don't understand when you need a break, then they might not be the best friends or people in your life. I hate to say it. I have to say it, but I used to have fear of canceling plans, even though I would do it all the time um, (laughs) because I would Mm -hmm. overbook myself all the time. And now I just realized I don't have to always tell people why I can't go to something or why I have to cancel. It's just I'm overloaded. I can't, I wish I could. I'm so sorry. I'll make it up to you or we'll revisit whatever it is. And people really do understand, you know, they always do. And I also will say like, I, I've talked to friends about this too, where like, there's this need, even when you reschedule to, when you need to cancel to reschedule. And that's something I'm trying to be better about instead of being like, okay, so I can't meet today, but how does next Thursday look? And then you're constant, then you're then immediately putting something else on the calendar Lately, I've just been saying, you know, so appreciate you understanding. Let's circle back, you know, in a couple of weeks and, you know, maybe find a new date instead of uh, trying to put something else on your calendar. Because then that, even though it's maybe a week away, it still adds stress and pressure that you don't 
Yeah, definitely. And I have a friend that always says, um, sounds great. Let's play it by ear. And I say that too. Yeah. Yeah. Or I always say like, let's, let's decide, or I'll check in closer to the date or even the day of like keeping plans more loose so that you can, I mean, your life is constantly changing and things pop up that are a greater priority. And now you're stressed because you committed to this one lunch or coffee that absolutely can wait. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. the waiting closer to the day is so helpful so that you can determine, is this the best use of my time today? Um, That could be a whole nother episode, of course, but setting boundaries on your time is like everything. You are in control of your schedule. Not in all cases. I know work, families, commitments dominates a lot of the time, but in many ways you are the one saying yes or no to things or booking up your calendar. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's a huge way to help relieve some stress in your life. Um, and prioritize, you know, it's like, we hear it all the time. Oh, stress is not great. Stress is not great. But like, we just keep going a thousand miles a minute, no matter what. But when you see that you're having sugar cravings, when you're having health problems, when you're having hormone imbalances, like we have to wake up and be like, okay, what can I specifically change in my life to reduce my bucket of stress? Because that is the answer. Um, and so that's a huge one saying no and canceling plans. One, one quick one that's been helping me on that same kind of note is, um, I realize I'm sure you guys can relate that if there's any thought, like this is so bad, but I know everyone does it. So I'll just say it. But when you're driving and you're at a red light, you check your phone, like you check Instagram, you check your messages or like, there's a pause in a conversation. You check your phone. You're like waiting in line to order something. You check your phone. Anytime that there's a pause or calm or still, we feel awkward. Now we feel like we have to fill it by looking at our phone. So lately I've just been challenging myself, like just starting with driving I'm like, no, you're not going to check your phone when you get to a red light. Just let there be quiet and be in your mind, in your brain. You don't have to listen to music and listen to a podcast every time either. Just be with your own thoughts and, and, you know, I'll just put my phone on the other seat and turn it around or like not checking it in the morning before I start reading and just putting that phone out of sight, out of mind, but really a big one. And I even told Josh to keep me accountable. I'm like, I don't want to grab my phone between every pause. Like I want to be able to stand in line at a coffee shop and look around, like observe the place, maybe talk to people in line. I don't need to go on my phone. And that just elevates cortisol and stress. So that could be a little thing to challenge yourself to as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And also I just straight up delete Instagram from my phone. I still check it here and there on my computer, especially having a couple of business accounts, but um, I have nothing to check on my phone anymore. I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. I will check the news app, but then it's just, I'm like, I immediately, I'm like, I don't need this. Um, So having nothing to check also is a great tip. Um, Yeah. I will say, I just wanted to say, this is an overview of some cortisol balancing tips. We are going to get into specific strategies for, as I mentioned at the top of this, for helping really relieve sugar cravings, but this is very important too. It's all connected. connected. Yeah. All connected. So these are things that might seem obvious, but they're some of the most important steps to take. Um, I mean, truly when you check Instagram and you didn't get enough likes or someone left a mean comment that elevates your cortisol levels and then you're craving sugar. So yeah, I can't do it. I can't deal with the triggering that happens when you see something that's upsetting or you were left out of, or yeah, you should be doing, and it's just stressful and anxious and it changes your mood. And these things all feed into how we manage and how our moods, our stress levels. So that's another thing we are in control of using these apps that are just 
taking control of our lives. We got to Mm-hmm. get them out of there as much as we can. So yes, that's huge. I want to just keep flying through these, um, keeping blood sugar levels balanced. We recently did an IG live on this, on your hormone balance Instagram as well. Our thoughts on intermittent fasting. It is definitely not proven that long fasts like over 14 hours is helpful for women's hormones. Um, there's been many studies done on men that says, oh, intermittent fasting is, is great, but not enough on women and certainly not women dealing with severe hormone imbalances. And we can see that long fast, starving yourself, um, impacts your cortisol levels. It's another stressor. So, um, you know, we have our fluctuating hormones, us women, you know, they change at all times in our cycle. So we're not just like men where we can just do these things that are kind of consistent. We're going through different things at different times in our cycle. So long, long fasts or waiting really long times between meals is not supporting balanced blood sugar levels, balanced cortisol levels, and our overall hormonal health. It's not supporting our adrenal glands. So we say, you know, eat every two to four hours, ideally, and to keep your blood sugar levels balanced and um, try to not do a fast over 12 hours, 12 to 13 hours, especially if you're dealing with any symptoms of hormone imbalance and sugar cravings is a big one. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I know Jess, you could say more on that, but we've got so much more coming up. So yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm putting an invisible muzzle on myself yes, right now. I'm putting a muzzle on you as well. <laughs> um, okay. So then supplement or herb wise adaptogens, as we've mentioned are huge. These are herbs that help your body adapt to stress. Um, so Joya is a brand that we talk about a lot. Jess and I interviewed their founder, Ruth. She's amazing. And we have just started using her products since that interview and we love them and they are so easy to add to beverages, recipes, Um, but they're, they're a great way to add into your routine, these very supportive herbs. Um, of course you can do adaptogens in tincture form or liquid form. Mary Ruth is another brand we love. Um, so we will put that in the show notes and then in the caption as well for today's post on your home imbalance. But those are some important things, vitamin C, a B complex, magnesium. These are all really supportive supplements for, um, for cortisol balancing in particular. There's a lot more. And when you test your hormones, uh, you can get more granular with the specific uh, steps that you might need to take to relieve your symptoms, but that's an overview. So let's go into the high androgens, high androgens being testosterone and DHEA. Uh, Was that fresh? Oh, (laughs) she's sleeping? Fresh. My dog is sleeping and she's having puppy dreams right now. I can see her little head in the background. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Um, So the androgen hormones are, androgen is uh, the same as, or it's Greek for male, essentially male hormones. So uh, people think of testosterone as the male hormone, but women have it too. Uh, women's bodies produce it just in smaller amounts and uh, DHEA as, as well as an androgen hormone. And DHEA is a precursor to testosterone production. So those two hormones are super important for mental clarity, libido, strength, muscle boosting. So um, really important to have in the optimal amounts and shouldn't be overlooked by women because they're often thought of as the male hormone, but when androgen levels are too high, 
they can, it can lead to a condition called PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome. And Jess, can you explain how that can be related to sugar cravings in particular? Yeah. So it's important to know that PCOS, which we're not going to dive into too much because that's like a whole nother topic, but it does affect as many as 5 million women in the U.S. And it's also one of the leading causes of infertility. Um, but it's really crucial to know that it's not a death sentence. It's 100% reversible. And these lifestyle changes that you make, balancing your blood sugar levels, very key. Um, I think a lot of women are, are fed the message by doctors that they'll never have kids, that there's no hope, they'll just be dealing with this for the rest of their lives. And that is really unfortunate because it's not true. And there's so much that you can do to support your body and get out of that state. Um, we've worked with a lot of women who have been able to do that as well. So um, and I've had friends that have reversed their PCOS on their own, you know, so I think without need for hormonal synthetic birth control, which is yeah. sort of the number one thing doctors push on women as the only cure, which it's not a cure at all. It's a temporary bandaid, which will lead to more hormone imbalances down the road, which is infuriating that more doctors aren't educated on this. Um, but yeah. anyway, continue. That's pretty upsetting, but, um, yeah, so high androgens and um, so RISA, DHA, testosterone, and insulin resistance are almost always involved in PCOS um, in a PCOS diagnosis and symptoms of PCOS, just to kind of cover those really quickly, um, can be unexplained weight gain or weight loss resistance, acne, uh, missing or irregular periods is a hallmark. Um, thinning hair on the top of the head or excess hair on the face and chest. Um, all of those can be very annoying, but also some of them debilitating. Um, I think I mentioned acne. That's a huge one. Oily so, skin. Yeah, oily skin. Edgy, and, irritable moods and sugar cravings. Yeah. And then the difficulty getting pregnant, the infertility, which I feel like infertility, it sounds so final. It's like, oh, you're infertile. But it's not final. It just, it really should be struggling to get pregnant. You know, there needs to be a different term or like struggling with fertility, but you're not, you're, it's not that you can't ever get pregnant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for women with PCOS and for women who have intense sugar and carb cravings daily, it's important to look at insulin and blood sugar regulation and balance because this plays a huge role. So because insulin resistance is tied to, I think it's 70% of cases of PCOS, um, it's really, really important to um, try to reverse insulin resistance to become more insulin sensitive. And a lot of that has to do with blood sugar regulation. So just as a quick overview, insulin is produced in the pancreas. It's a hormone. It's known as the fat storage hormone. Um, it regulates your blood sugar levels. It is essential, but it's released when you eat a meal. Insulin is always re released when we eat, but it's released in higher amounts when we eat a meal that's higher in sugar and refined carbs. So really insulin's job is to move glucose, which is sugar, from the foods that you eat, so from the carbs that you eat, out of the bloodstream and into the cells for energy. They give us that quick energy source. And then if there's extra, then they can be stored for future use. But when there's too much sugar in the bloodstream, the cells essentially become resistant to insulin. So it's like insulin's knocking at the cell door and 
the little like bouncer at the door of like the nightclub is like, no, you're out of here. Like you have tried to bring in too many VIPs and like all of those VIP, just think of like, it's like a club and the VIPs are sugar and you've brought so many VIPs and we've let you bring on all the sugar, but now you've hit your capacity and we're not going to let you in anymore. So the cells become resistant to, to all of that sugar. And so what happens is it goes back out into the bloodstream. It starts recirculating. Um, it really has nowhere else to go than to be stored as fat. It's no longer, you know, used as energy. It's stored as fat and all of that extra insulin just pumps out more insulin, more cortisol and increases inflammation in the body, which we know is at the root of almost all modern disease. So that's really um, what happens. And then that increase in cortisol, that increase in inflammation, that causes us to crave more sugar. And so then this cycle is, is formed. That being said, um, one of the most simple but yet complicated in ways things that you can do is be very mindful of balancing your blood sugar levels that's really the key and so I don't know right if you want me to kind of launch into that but how do you balance your blood sugar levels and those are the other things that you can do to help with insulin sensitivity to make yourself you know um and I'll and I'll touch on a couple of those but just I guess, focusing more on the foods, um, which is really important. So balancing blood sugar levels is really about eating enough food. So it's not about starvation. It's not about going on these really restrictive diets, which by the way, are another stressor on the body. Another way that we hit the adrenals, like a whiplash, another way that we can create adrenal imbalances is by not eating enough. So I just want to put that out there right away that as women, we tend to think that in order to lose weight, in order to feel better, that we need to eat less food, that a lot of times is creating the reverse of what we want. It's adding more stress to the body. It's dysregulating our blood sugar, and it's actually causing us to, you know, have more inflammation, more weight and be, you know, dealing with these other health issues. So I like to recommend my sexy six formula for building a hormone balancing meal. This, you can actually click the link in the Your Hormone Balance bio and sign up. Just put your email in there and you will get sent the sexy six formula for free. It's a two page PDF. It's super simple. You can save it to your phone and that way when you're out and about or you're home, it'll help you to build a, a meal um, without restriction because that's key. So just to quickly go through those, because we've actually covered that in depth in another episode, the optimal habits for, um, the optimal, optimal habits for morning, optimal eating habits in the morning for hormone balance. Yes. Right. So that episode, if you go back to that, then I'll go into more depth, but basically it's including a serving of powerful protein at every meal. So ideally about 20 grams, um, organic grass fed. If you're going for meat, wild caught, if you're looking at fish, if you're a vegan or vegetarian, trying to choose, you know, a whole food protein rich source uh, that might include, you know, like a really high quality protein powder. We like Plantworks Nutrition because it's zero sugar, great amino acids added to that, branched chain amino acids for recovery. So a good protein powder is, should be a staple, I think, for especially vegans and vegetarians. Um, pasture raised eggs, 
and tofu and tempeh in moderation, but making sure that they are from an organic source. If you can get like a sprouted tofu, that's even better. Um, then anti-inflammatory fat. So getting two to four servings of that. I go into, in the guide, in the PDF, I break down what a serving size is. So if you want to know what that is, that'll help you out there with having that guide. But two to four servings of anti-inflammatory fat. So this is going to reduce inflammation. It's going to help us produce more hormones that we need, those healthy hormones. Um, so that's going to be things like avocado, grass-fed butter, uh, coconut oil, avocado oil, nut seeds, um, yeah, those are some of the main ones. And obviously with all of these foods that I'm listing, different people have different foods that are not going to work for them. So just because I'm saying avocado, you may have a sensitivity to avocado or not like avocado, but there's a lot of other choices for you as well. So then we've got uh, fiber. So whole food fiber, trying as much as you can to get that from your food. Fiber helps to sweep out excess estrogen that we know no longer need in the body and toxins that can impact um, our adrenals and our overall hormone balance. So um, fiber is very satiating. It helps to keep us fuller for longer. And it's also really good at helping reduce sugar cravings. So raspberries, a cup of raspberries is eight grams. Um, getting in things like chia seeds, flax seeds, um, sprouted grain breads, um, lentils, legumes, uh, things like that are going to be really good about 25 grams a day for women. And then the fourth category is going to be the fruit and vegetable rainbow. So that's really the more color that you can eat, the more vitamins and minerals that you're going to get. So this category is focused more on the lower glycemic. So the lower sugar vegetables. So like red and green bell peppers, uh, all the greens in the world, you know, as long as those sit well with you. Um, and then, you know, strawberries, just think of your favorite fruits and vegetables and insert them there, but berries are lower glycemic. Um, artichokes are really great because they're low glycemic, but also rich in fiber. So you'll notice that some of the foods go into crossover into multiple categories. And then the fifth category is nutrient-rich carbohydrates. We definitely don't want to demonize carbohydrates. I find that in a lot of formulas, for example, the Fab Four by Kelly Levesque is amazing. It's one that we reference a lot, but it does omit carbohydrates. I wanted to add them in because carbohydrates are really important for ovulation, for healthy pregnancy, for our sanity. Um, carbohydrates are the precursor to serotonin, which is the feel-good hormone. So important to keep our moods up. But again, back to what we said in the beginning, it's not just carbs or carbs, it's the type of carb. And it's that you're pairing your carbohydrate with your fiber, with your fat, with your protein. That's going to help to regulate your blood sugar levels and keep that insulin from spiking too high. So one nutrient rich carb per meal, that's going to look like maybe half of a sweet potato, um, quinoa, lentils, beans. Um, overnight oats like this, um, steel cut oats, sprouted grain bread, sprouted grains in general, um, as long as you can tolerate them. Again, not all carbohydrates everyone's going to be able to have, but listening to your body, what feels good for you and, you know, making sure that you're pairing it with all of these other components. And then the last is the bliss boost. And that's really going to just elevate the nutrient profile. It's going to add more nutrients. Um, that are going to actually also help to support your adrenals. 
and your gut health, which helps you to detoxify um, toxins that you don't need and hormones. So things like sauerkraut and kimchi, really, really good for gut health and probiotics. Things like cacao, um, that can be found in my rose and shine latte blend, super also rich source. Cacao is high, high, high in magnesium, which I mentioned before, which is really good for the adrenals. Um, also a good source of zinc. So really, really great one there. Um, things like maca, which are good for libido and energy. Um, those adaptogen powders like the Joya that Ryan mentioned, that would be like a bliss boost. Um, fresh herbs and seasonings. So we don't eat nearly enough herbs and seasonings here. Um, and we have the most inflammation of pretty much any other country. Countries with lower inflammation eat so many fresh herbs and spices. So always adding in fresh herbs when you go to the grocery store, Himalayan salts, like those good, rich, mineral rich salts that are also great for electrolytes. Um, so that if you can include this combination at every meal, you're not only going to balance your blood sugar levels and keep your cortisol and insulin from spiking too high, but you're going to feel more happy. You're going to be satisfied because you're not cutting out whole food groups. Mm -hmm. You're incorporating what works for you. And again, you know, women with PCOS, they may have to adjust the types of carbs that they're eating and the amounts, but it is kind of a myth that women with PCOS need to just omit all carbohydrates. That's not true. Um, most women with PCOS do well, as long as it's specific carbohydrates that support their body and that they're paired with these slower burning, um, foods and supportive, you know, fats. So, yeah. Oh, that's a great, great breakdown, Jess. Thank you. And I wanted yeah. to add, you know, I think another thing women are famous for as we're always, or many of us are chasing some sort of diet, you know, a lot of the time you're skimping on food because you're trying to cut calories or lose weight. And so it just has such an adverse effect of, you know, the difference between building a, a, a plate or a bowl filled with all of these nutrients that Jess is talking about versus trying to skimp yourself because you want to do less calories. And then you will find that you're starving in two hours. And then that leads to snacking or grazing or having an extra meal that you wouldn't need if you were eating enough at the same time to actually satisfy you for several hours. And you'll notice if you experiment with that, if you really do follow her formula and you eat a meal with all of that, it might feel like a lot, but you'll see how much longer you can go without falling victim to these cravings or needing to have another um, snack, which yeah. often is a processed snack, which is feeding into the very thing that can um, you know, cause these problems. So avoiding processed snacks as well, again, for high androgens and PCOS in general, one of the biggest culprits are processed, refined foods and carbs that are just really devoid of any nutrients. Yeah. So be aware of that. Like when you think of process and refined, if you see anything that says, like I said, anything that ends in OSE or like high fructose corn syrup, or that there's like three different types of syrups, like maybe it says cane sugar, and then it says fructose, you know, and then it says brown syrup, brown rice syrup, whatever, like that's three different types of sugar all in that one product. So you can go into a health food store and you can look, I'm actually going to do a post breaking down protein bars because I was at my local health food store yesterday. And it's like, I swear, probably only 10% of the bars on that shelf were actually nutrient rich that had, you know, fats and carbohydrates and that are low or zero sugar that actually taste good. Either they taste horrible <laughs> or 
they taste really good and they're just chock full of additives um, or not enough protein or not enough healthy fat. So um, yeah, I think it's just really important to, to know that when you are eating, it should be enjoyable and it should be filled with foods that you look forward to. And it sh you should at the end of your meal feel satisfied. You shouldn't feel stuffed and you shouldn't feel still hungry. Like you're looking around for something else. So you should just feel calm and satisfied and happy. And then you look up three hours later and you're like, Oh, now maybe I could go for a snack. Not that yeah. your brain is like, like cannot stop thinking about like the sugary snack that you want. Exactly. It turns, it's enough. It's the right formula to turn off the hunger hormones and the cravings in many cases. And just, there's so many benefits of that. And I think last thing, yeah, to your point, we just have to get comfortable reading the ingredients of everything we buy, because you can look at a label and the packaging and it looks like a healthy brand, or you've seen other people eat it. And if you actually look at the sugar on some of these bars and things that are popular, it's crazy or juices, you know, it's like, why would I need 35 grams of sugar in a green juice? But these brands that you think are healthy, pack it in. And it's up to us to catch these things ourselves and find the healthier alternative. So um, one thing I wanted to say before we move on, some people might be like, well, I don't, how do I know if I have PCOS or I do have PCOS, but I don't know what to do about it. Um, we, I just wanted to share, you know, PCOS, some of the symptoms Jess mentioned, it can be diagnosed in based on several um, components. So there's a criteria that should really be followed. It's called the Rotterdam criteria where um, PCOS can be diagnosed if a woman falls into essentially two of the three categories of either having these symptoms like facial body hair, sugar cravings, um, edgy irritable moods and scalp hair loss. Um, and or test results that specifically show that you have elevated testosterone and DHEA levels. Um, and then also irregular periods or no periods is a huge sign, as well as um, some extra blood tests that might be necessary, such as blood glucose, insulin, HbA1c. Uh, and I feel like I'm missing a category. The third criteria oh, is this, an, this. Ultrasound, an ultrasound showing polycystic ovaries with yes. 12 plus ovarian follicles. And um, it is important to note that uh, cysts on the ovaries are actually fairly normal for women. So that is not um, enough. That's not enough to just see that you have cysts on your ovaries. And in fact, I listened to a podcast, I think it was with Aviva Rom, who was saying that they're actually considering changing the name, like looking for a different name to PCOS because it does kind of imply, you know, cis. yeah, cis, exactly. That's a great point. Um, and the other thing is interesting. I was tested in blood by my naturopathic doctor on a random day. And as we've said many times, standard blood tests just are, do not give you the active or free bioavailable hormone levels that you really need to see to be able to learn. Um, you know, if you want to learn how your symptoms connect to your hormone imbalances, you should be testing in saliva, which is what we offer in our at-home testing kits. Or another good test is the Dutch or urine test, which is generally offered by functional or naturopathic doctors. It's a lot more complex. 
it's very difficult to understand results on your own. Um, and we often find people don't really know what to do from there. But um, if you have a great practitioner, that's also a good test. But both will show you um, more accurate hormone levels that can correlate to these symptoms so that you can actually figure out, okay, now I know where I stand. Uh, what do I do from here? But I was going to say my standard blood test showed I had high DHEA. Um, and some other things that were extremely inaccurate because I, she didn't have me test on a specific day of my cycle. Um, and that's really important too. So not every test is the same. You need to make sure that you're getting the right test. And, um, if you do test with us, like we said, we do test DHEA and testosterone. So that's a telltale sign when we see those high levels along with symptoms, like we've mentioned, um, we really often just flag that for clients as, you know, go get an ultrasound chat with your physician and do more tests and um, more investigative work to find out if this is something you really have. Um, but then we also see people with those symptoms that might not have high androgens that can also just benefit from the nutritional steps, the blood sugar balancing focus, um, all of these things that we're talking about will help reduce the symptoms that you're having, which are generally related to insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of these tips can be helpful for everyone, mm -hmm. you know? uh, super, super helpful for just hormone balance in general and just feeling good. And I just feel like so many women are conditioned to think that they have to eat less and exercise more. And that is truly the complete opposite advice that we give because exercising more can be an extreme stressor on the body and one of the things that can actually increase our cravings, you know, because we're increasing our cortisol when we overexercise, you know, if we're doing five, six hit training classes a week, that increases our cortisol levels, which pummels the adrenals again, and then can increase our insulin. So, which makes us crave sugar. So it's not to say that working out is bad, but it's also kind of just shifting this cultural conditioning to understand that. There are certain times during our cycle where we need more rest. There are times in our lives where we have more stress in our life, whether it's physical, emotional, and then on top of it, adding more stressful workouts can just add fuel to that flame. So kind of counterbalancing, like, what are we going through with our cycle? What are we going through in terms of different stressors happening in our lives? And what do we actually need right now? You know, do we need more rest or do we need like another five mile run? You know, do we need more restorative yoga and breathing or do we need another hit class? You know? Um, yeah. So I was, I was going to say exercise is a huge component for people with high piece, uh, high androgens or PCOS. We often see those high levels and people that are over exercising or doing a lot of high intensity interval training, that's a highly stressful form of exercise that as Jess mentioned, can drive up, uh, well, inflammation in particular and, and lead to insulin resistance, which can lead to the high androgens. So that form of exercise all the time is not supportive. Um, there's definitely a direct correlation to some of the imbalances that we see. So it's about intentional exercise, combining low intensity, uh, cardio and some high intensity, but just in proper amounts, you know, not doing more than three high intensity workouts per week. 
And we just did a live on this also in your hormone balance, all about intentional exercise for hormone balance. I think we're going to turn that into a podcast episode as well, but something that's not talked about enough. Um, but everything just said, yeah, absolutely right on. We have to slow down, especially when we're dealing with hormone imbalances. Um, also on the high androgens front, there are many supplements and herbs that can support bringing down high androgen levels. Some of the more simple ones would be like zinc, vitamin D, um, NAC, fish oils. We have specific herbs that we share with uh, clients that we see have high androgen levels to consider and talk to your physician about using. Um, so there's there's quite a few that you can consider and you know, natural options that aren't going to be creating more problems for you down the line, like synthetic birth control does. Um, and it's, it's not a solution. So those are some things, um, to consider with diet exercise and sort of supplement support being at the top of the list there for those of you struggling with some of these, you know, I would say the high androgen symptoms, the PCOS symptoms are some of the most severe that you'll see from hormone imbalance, mm -hmm. you know, facial hair, body hair, that's really difficult to deal with. Um, you know, deepening of the voice. Um, so this is something that understandably, you know, women want to get a grip on and it is, a, it's great news that you can do so naturally. Alyssa Vitti, uh, is a great resource on this topic as well as Aviva Ram. So there's lots of education out there. We also did a blog on reducing high androgens and the PCOS hormone imbalance connection, which is in our link in bio on our Your Hormone Balance Instagram. So lots more to talk about there. Um, we are running low on time, so we're not gonna be able to fit this whole video on Instagram. Um, but so Jess, if you could just quickly answer this next question we wanted to get into, why is it that we crave chocolate on certain days of our cycle or in our PMS week? Yeah, so the PMS week, so once you, ovulate. So upon ovulation, your, your temperature will increase slightly 0.5 to one degree. And that signals that you are no longer ovulating, that you have moved into the luteal phase, which is the last phase of your cycle, which lasts about 10 to 14 days, depending on the female <clears throat> that week before your period, the premenstrual week, that's when we tend to feel those like chocolate cravings coming up more. We're getting some of that cramping, intense craving, um, maybe moodiness, uh, sore boobs, stuff like that. Um, but particularly when it comes to chocolate cravings, that is often a signal from our body that we're lower in magnesium and magnesium can be found mm. in chocolate. So it makes sense. Our bodies are always sending us these cool messages like, Oh, I really, really want chocolate. Well, what it's saying is, Hey, we really, really need magnesium. And magnesium is going to be really supportive during your premenstrual week because it helps with cramping. So if you have period cramps, it helps with that, helps bring down stress and anxiety. And we're actually less resilient to stress the two weeks before our period in the luteal phase. And so that's why we kind of feel, we can feel more stressed. We can feel more tearful. Um, we are less resilient to stress. So we want to bring down those stress levels and, you know, it helps us sleep better and sleep can be an issue for some women, um, during that premenstrual week. So finding magnesium rich foods, again, cacao is one of the richest sources in the world of magnesium. And you can find that in my rise and shine latte blend. We'll put that in the um, show notes, but also you can just get like a cacao powder. I love the brand foods alive. It's organic. That's the one that I use in my blend. 
Um, but you can mix these powders into smoothies. You can mix them into cookies. Um, you can do a lot with these powders. Uh, you can also get like a raw dark chocolate. Who Kitchen is a good one. They do have a little bit of sugar in there, but raw dark chocolate. We love Beauty Bar chocolate because it's sweetened with monk fruit, so no sugar. It's 83% raw cacao, and she also has a new bar for hormone balance, which is really awesome, called the Moon Bar. Um, so that's really why. And then you can also find magnesium in foods like avocado, spinach is a really good one, almonds, bananas, beans, rice. Um, and one other thing, when we go into that luteal phase, we actually, our metabolism increases. So we burn more calories, which means that we need more fuel. And if we don't feed ourselves more food in the form of, you know, nutrient-rich carbohydrates, we actually need more nutrient-rich carbohydrates during this time and healthy fats and protein, then that can impact um, our progesterone levels. It can impact our cravings. So we can have really, really intense cravings. We can feel hangry. Um, you know, it can really impact us in a lot of different ways. So during that phase, listen to your body. If you're noticing that you're hungrier, that's your body's way of saying that you need more fuel. And if you're craving chocolate and sugar, we don't want to add again, more fuel to the fire. So finding these sexy swaps, finding that beauty bar chocolate, or, you know, if you're craving more sugar, finding a recipe, like our friend live hungry is a holistic chef. She makes these bomb sugar-free chocolate chip cookies, making a batch of those, you know, making like using my pumpkin spice latte blend to make, um, pumpkin spice, you know, cookies or overnight oats, like, I'm going to make banana pancakes using the pumpkin spice blend and mm. see how that turns out like pumpkin mm. pancakes. And I use Lakanto monk fruit syrup, or I use birch bender syrup, which doesn't have added sugar and add some fruit on top of there. There's always swaps that you can find for your cravings. So I think tuning in, especially during that premenstrual week, not restricting yourself from those those sweets, you know, like giving it to yourself, but finding an alternative that's going to have like the banana pancakes, instead of using a bunch of flour and sugar, it's using bananas, which are a higher sugar fruit, but also come packed with fiber and potassium and vitamin B6, which is important for progesterone production. And so it's so much different. You're And then you're pairing that with like, you know, these healthier fats and proteins. You can add a protein powder into there. Um, pumpkin, another fun fact is very high in magnesium. So great time to get your pumpkin in. Oh. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts of it. Okay. So I'm going to stop you from going over swaps anymore because we are super low on time and mm -hmm. I want to fit most of this and, um, be able to fit most of this and share it on your home balance. Yeah. But honestly, the shortest way easiest way to find great alternatives to the foods you crave is to get Jess's sexy swaps guide we've talked about it before it is a comprehensive breakdown of snacks breakfast lunch dinner beverages uh recipes created by her our friend um Liv who uh she mentioned we'll put I'll put it in the caption as well but there's so much in there it's like a guide to okay if I want this I'll get this instead knowing the brands that are healthier more clean low sugar or sugar-free is truly just the path to 
um, an easier diet, an easier way of living. When you have these go-to brands that you fill your cupboards with and your refrigerator with, you just know you can trust them. Um, and you can, you know, get different products um, from these brands and just know that it's all going to be fitting within certain standards. Also, Thrive Market is a great online grocery store that just has tons of amazing high quality brands for different diet types. It could be keto, it could be paleo, it could be whatever you're doing or gluten-free, um, but much higher quality brands that you can trust there as well. We also did another video on your hormone balance, just did a video all about sugar swaps. So similar content as today, although I think we went a lot more into hormone imbalance today. Um, so just scroll down um, to find that video as well. And there will be more resources that we share um, on Instagram and maybe a part two as well. But that that's the shortest, easiest thing, you, shortest path to finding great swap outs is just to get her guide. And I'll put a discount in the uh, caption as well. It's like a steal for what you're getting. And also, in our show. And yeah, in the show notes as well. Um, all of the things that we're talking about, we'll, we'll link as many as we can. Um, in both places. And then finally, Jess, if you can take us out by sharing some of the tips that I know you've coached people on for dealing with kind of the binge risk or binge shame cycle where, you know, you've, you've craved these sugary things or carbs and you've eaten a whole sleeve of Oreos and now you feel sick and shameful, but then, you know, you might do it again. So what are some tips that you might give someone to break free from that cycle? Yeah. Well, first of all, I feel you, you know, if you're going through that, which I can see a lot of women are, I work with a lot of women who do just the comments that we've gotten on your hormone balance alone, show us that that's happening. And it's really diet culture that does that, you know, so you're not alone, but I think one of the number one things, which I experienced personally myself after 10 years of yo-yo dieting is eating enough, truly like following the sexy six formula, um, eating enough at your meals so that you aren't just craving these things all the time. Typically binges come from not getting enough nutrients, from not getting enough of what's going to stabilize your blood sugar levels. But the second piece of that is creating meals that you actually look forward to eating. A lot of times when we're trying to lose weight, we just go, you know, how many times have I seen or done it myself where you order a salad and you're like, no croutons, no cheese, no salad dressing, no corn, but then so many women aren't adding anything back in. So I say, okay, if you're going to take off those four things, I want you to add four things back in that you're really excited about. Add the roasted sweet potatoes, add a half of avocado, you know, add some sauteed mushrooms. Like think about what you really love and make it taste delicious. Um, so that you look forward to your meals, find these swaps that you love. And a question that I think is really helpful that you can ask yourself before every single meal is what is it that I'm really craving? Take away all the shoulds of what, you know, my doctor told me I should do my health coach told me I should do what that influencer is doing for breakfast. If I could have anything right now, what would it be? You answer that question. And then the second part of that question is, and how do I want to feel afterwards? So if you're craving waffles, but you want to feel energized, you want to have, you know, you want to feel light, you want to feel happy, you don't want to feel guilty, but you know that when you eat regular waffles with, you know, buttermilk syrup, you feel lethargic, you feel guilty, you feel, you know, you have a stomach ache, then maybe that's not the choice that you, that's going to best support you in that moment. But rather than just not eat waffles at all, find a swap. 
So like, I love the birch benders waffles and you know, they're paleo waffles. I'll do that with the monk fruit syrup. I'll add some nut butter on top for some healthy fats. I'll do a couple fried eggs. And that way I'm soothing those cravings, but I'm also feeling the way that I want to feel afterwards. And last but not least, sometimes you're going to go to your friend's birthday party. You're going to check in. What is it that I'm craving? Well, I really want pizza. And you know what? I don't mind feeling a little bloated afterwards and tired the next day because I love this pizza place and I want to be part of the experience, but maybe what could I do to add in, you know, some fats and maybe like some greens or something that are going to balance it out a little more. So maybe you have two pieces of pizza, but you also get a side of roasted vegetables with olive oil, you know, and you, you don't go home and, and decide that you're going to go on a diet the next day or restrict the next day. You tell yourself this was a choice. I made, I wanted to live in the moment. It felt really good. I enjoyed it. I'm going to go home. I'm going to drink a bunch of water. I'm going to like play some music, do my evening rituals. And I'm going to get up and start the day just like I would any other day. I'm not going to restrict because that is what leads to that toxic cycle. And just give yourself grace, be kind to yourself and add in more self-care and the things that you love to do when you're feeling stress and anxiety and pressure. Know that, you know, Food, yes, is going to make you feel good, but also these other things that are going to be a little bit longer lasting, you know, injecting your life with more fun and spontaneity and excitement. (laughs) No, it's okay. No, I thought you, I thought we lost you, but claps to that. That is great advice. And one of the things I remember you telling me that stuck with me really, and you just said it, but so powerful is just like, do not starve yourself the next day. You can break the cycle by continuing to make, to have your meals as normal the next day. Or even if you've had a midday binge, have your dinner as normal that night, because the second you start restricting, it just creates that, um, kind of binge restrict cycle and your guilt is all over the place. Nope. You made the decision and you're going to get back up and you're going to keep going through your day and you're going to fill yourself with nutrients and you're going to move along. Every minute, every second, every hour is an opportunity to make a new choice. You, you know, if you have a really heavy meal and you don't feel great, okay, go sweat it out in a sauna, go for a swim, go for a walk with your dog, you know, drink a green juice, like do whatever, you know, make some choices that are going to make you feel good, but that are not restrictive. And that truly, I believe all of those together is the key. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Jess. I always love learning from you and it's been incredibly eye-opening since you became a health coach to learn so much about sugar and realize how many things it's in and to be able to trade out all of these products that used to be in my pantry or in my fridge with better brands that don't need sugar. You know, it's just a game changer. And when we really understand the connection between sugar, inflammation, insulin, and cortisol imbalance and blood sugar balance, I mean, it's all just so connected that we need to focus on it more. And um, so I hope that anyone listening is finding this helpful Uh, Drop us a comment if you did enjoy this on Instagram. Of course, leave a review if you're on uh, listening from on Solo 2.0 podcast. And last thing I'll say, um, again, if you're tuning in and it's October week of October 4th, make sure to take advantage of our 
test kit um, fall flash sale. It's a biggest sale of the year. And if you are tuning in later, not to fear. If you're interested in testing and really starting to get started on some plan of attack to reduce your symptoms and feel better, uh, we also have a quiz on our website, yourhormonebalance.com. You can take the quiz and you'll get a 10% off code. Feel free to email us also at info at yourhormonebalance.com if you have questions that have come up or uh, DM us at solo 2.0 podcast. If you want to hear more podcasts like this, or if you have questions we didn't cover, like we said. So thank you for tuning in. And Jess, did you have anything to add or are we okay to end it here? We're good. Thank you all for tuning in. And yeah, I mean, let us know what you liked from this episode, what you want to hear more of. This is really how we're starting to build our episode. So I'm really excited to hear from all of you. Yes. And thanks, Rai. This was so fun. I love our sister chat. I know. Me too. Thank you for listening. Bye.